welcome to this second podcast on the EU Green Bond Standard. My name is Elsie Janssens, Senior Knowledge Lawyer in the Corporate and Finance Group in Brussels, and I'm joined by David Balaguer, partner in the same group, and Linda Taylor, counsel in the Banking and Capital Markets Group in our Milan office. In this second podcast, we will zoom in on how the proposed EU Green Bond Standard fits into the broader EU Sustainability Plan, in particular the taxonomy, including the new Article 8 reporting requirements and its key performance indicators, and how it interacts with sustainability-linked bonds where KPIs also play a key role. Now, David, can you remind us what the EU Green Bond Standard is and why it is being proposed? The EU Green Bond Standard is a proposed regulation which spells out the criteria issuers will have to meet when issuing green bonds in the European Union. It will apply to bonds which are marketed as European green bonds and is most likely to apply as from 2023 or 2024. The aim is to channel more private capital towards green investments to help finance the transition to a net zero economy by 2050. To do that, the European Commission is proposing stricter criteria for green bonds in order to enhance comparability among potential green investments and protect investors from greenwashing. Okay, and how exactly will the standard work? As mentioned in our previous podcast, the proposal builds on existing industry standards for the issuance of green bonds, most notably the green bond principles of ICMA, the International Capital Markets Association. Alongside the new requirements for third-party opinion providers, the big novelty and distinguishing factor is that Under this new standard, eligible assets, which are to be financed with the bond proceed, must meet the EU taxonomy criteria. And what do we mean by taxonomy alignment? It means that the asset which is financed with the green bond complies with the technical screening criteria of the taxonomy regulation. The EU taxonomy stipulates for each of the six environmental objectives which have been retained, the minimum norm which a particular economic activity must meet. If the relevant activity meets the criteria of one of these six environmental objectives and does not significantly harm any of the other, it will be deemed to, quote unquote, substantially contribute to the net zero goal and therefore be viewed as taxonomy aligned. Why is there such a focus on the taxonomy? Taxonomy is a science-based classification system which underpins the sustainable finance strategy of the European Union, which itself is one of the key pillars of the EU Green Deal. It is a common language which helps investors and businesses determine whether an activity can be considered as green. 
it avoids the need for own assessment and it is hoped that with the help of third party reports and assurances confirming alignment this will facilitate green investment we will come back to this in our next podcast Right, and um, will issuers who want to issue green bonds have to work through the taxonomy criteria specifically for purposes of issuing green bonds? No, at least that is not the case for EU entities. And this is an important point when assessing the EU green bond standard. First of all, the criteria, the taxonomy criteria, are used in other EU legislation. And secondly, its impact will go beyond the in-scope entities. Taxonomy will start to apply as from next year, as various EU sustainability finance regulations gradually come into force. EU assets managers, insurers, and pension funds are already subject to the EU sustainable finance disclosure regulations since this year. While the details are still being ironed out, the reporting requirements under SFDR will also include some form of taxonomy alignment. In addition, listed EU corporates with more than 500 employees are already subject to the EU non-financial reporting directive, which today already requires generic disclosure on sustainability and social issues. As from next year, these entities will be subject to Article 8 of the Taxonomy Regulation, which will require them to disclose the proportion of their turnover, capital expenditure, and operational expenditure, which is taxonomy aligned. After a transition year next year, these requirements will apply in full as from 2023 in relation to the consolidated report for financial year 2022. The push to adopt and start reporting in accordance with the taxonomy criteria will impact a much broader set of entities than those that will technically be subject to the various requirements due to the waterfall effect. In-scope entities will require ESG information from entities lower down the chain. So it is likely to respond to your question that the EU entities contemplating the issuance of green bonds will already be faced with the taxonomy reporting obligations in another capacity. Great, David. Um, you mentioned um, Article 8 KPIs a number of times. How will these KPIs under the taxonomy work? So corporates will have to look at the taxonomy technical screening criteria and determine per environmental objective within their total turnover, capex and opex, the proportion which meets the relevant criteria. As mentioned, initially, this will only apply to listed companies. However, the scope will be broadened to all EU corporates with more than 250 employees once the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive comes into force, probably as from 2024. In addition, and that is very important, 
as from 2024, banks, asset managers, and insurance companies will also be subject to the same Article 8 of the Taxonomy Regulation and will be required to report and reveal to the public the extent to which the loans and investments they make are taxonomy aligned. Banks, in particular, will have to publish their so-called green assets ratio, which will give an idea of the proportion of their portfolio of loans and bonds and other exposures that is green. Given the public scrutiny under which they are, this will give them a major incentive to push their clients into green financings. You do not want to be the institution with the lowest green ratio in the market. Comparable KPIs will apply to asset managers and insurance undertakings. Mm -hmm. As we will have a broad set of entities reporting on Article 8 taxonomy alignment, does that mean that we can expect a surge in sustainability-linked bonds, bonds under which issuers pledge to improve certain sustainability-linked KPIs, as opposed to green bonds, where the use of proceeds is restricted? Well, not directly. Not directly as a consequence of Article 8. However, we can expect an increase in the issuance of sustainability-linked bonds as part of the shift to green financing because of the anticipated increase in demand for this asset class. Banks and institutional investors will be under pressure to show that they are supporting the transition to address the huge climate challenge and will want to show progress in their green ratios. The KPIs which are typically used in sustainability-linked bonds are, however, different from the turnover and capex KPIs. They serve a very different purpose. Those under Article 8 of the Taxonomy Regulation are meant to give investors an idea of where a corporate sits on the trajectory to net zero. With turnover being a measure that reflects the proportion of the business, which is already green today, and the CapEx KPI being a more forward-looking indicator, which shows the proportion of the CapEx, which is spent towards the greening of assets and future turnover. Now, Linda, we talked about sustainability-linked bonds. Will these fall under the EU Green Bond Standard? No, they won't. The EU Green Bond Standards are inspired by the ICMA Green Bond Principles and are based on the proceeds of the bonds being used for eligible taxonomy-aligned assets or projects. Sustainability-linked bonds are not about how the issuer intends to use the issue proceeds. Instead, the issuer commits to a certain trajectory by identifying its own KPI and setting itself a future target. The issuer commits to monitoring and reporting its performance, and if it fails to meet the target, there is an impact on economics, such as a step up in the interest payable on the bonds. Right, and do we expect a new EU standard for sustainability-linked bonds to be developed? 
Well, there's currently no concrete proposal for a standard for sustainability linked bonds. However, the Commission in its strategy for financing the transition to a sustainable economy has announced that it will work on standards for transition and sustainability linked bonds. It intends to report on the implementation of this strategy by the end of 2023. By way of background, in the consultation for the strategy, the question was asked whether the EU should develop standards for different types of sustainability-linked bonds or loans. Most stakeholders either agreed or strongly agreed that the EU should do so, and it was noted that sustainability-linked bonds are seen as having the potential to bring more issuers into sustainable finance, allow more financings to incorporate sustainability, and create investable assets for a greater portion of the investing community. The majority of stakeholders either agreed or strongly agreed that a potential standard for target setting sustainability linked bonds should make use of the EU taxonomy as a key performance indicator. Although we don't have any draft EU regulation for sustainability linked bonds yet, there is no reason why the taxonomy can't be used as a reference for the triggers or targets included in the structure of these bonds. So the KPIs could potentially meet one of the taxonomy's green objectives and not do significant harm to the other objectives. Also, following the same logic, the role of regulated experts or raters could be extended to certify that the triggers or targets are taxonomy aligned as opposed to the use of proceeds that will be certified on the green bonds. How straightforward will it be to fit sustainability-linked bonds into the taxonomy framework? I mean, there's no reason why an issuer could not align one or more KPIs with the taxonomy. This should also be possible when we consider different types of issuers, businesses and transition journeys. The general consensus seems to be that SLBs have the potential to involve more issuers precisely because they can be a lot more flexible than green bonds, which require issuers to have specific projects to invest in. So it means that issuers can pursue a broader strategy goal rather than focus on individual projects, which is useful also for issuers who are transitioning. Also, as further taxonomies are developed, like social and transition taxonomies, this should broaden the flexibility for different issuers. What is more challenging in sustainability-linked bonds is deciding on the level of the targets and an appropriate timeframe which aligns in a meaningful way with the maturity of the bond. This is something that each individual issuer sets in its own sustainability-linked bond, and the taxonomy does not provide a framework for this. So you say that sustainability-linked bonds can involve more issuers. Does that mean they're greener or less green than green bonds? Well, there has been talk about scepticism among investors as to whether sustainability-linked bonds are ambitious enough or green enough. Given that KPIs and the commercial elements such as the targets and timeframes are tailored to the specific business of each issuer, it's very difficult to assess or compare how ambitious or green a sustainability-linked bond from one issuer is versus another, even in the same sector. Personally, I think this is the main challenge and it's difficult to provide an answer as things stand. 
To put it into perspective, investors are accustomed to comparing issuers by a reference to clearly defined financial parameters based on financial statements that are audited in accordance with internationally agreed financial reporting standards. For certain companies and types of products, these will link into contractual events of default. So, for example, if a company fails to meet a certain financial ratio defined by reference to its audited financial statements, this could trigger an event of default in its financing. This is really different to sustainability targets and triggers. Firstly, there are no common standards which require issuers to make calculations in a certain way or experts who can provide a monitoring or certifying function the way that auditors do. Secondly, the failure to meet a sustainability target is not a default. There is merely a financial implication for the issuer on its cost of funding on that sustainability linked bond. So the incentive is to meet the target, otherwise face a financial penalty. Although we don't know yet how investors would react if an issuer fails to meet its sustainability target. So this means that with sustainability linked bonds, issuers are treading in unknown territory. On the one hand, they may want to be ambitious and set challenging targets to strive for the best, but there aren't any common standards or parameters that they can base this on. On the other hand, they aren't sure how an investor would react to any failure to meet just one or one component of their sustainability targets. So should issuers be ambitious in trying to set challenging targets, try and stretch themselves towards driving change in ESG matters? Or do issuers need to be prudent, setting themselves targets that are realistic in order to ensure that their funding strategy is sustainable? But if we go to back to our very first point about a lack of standards and certifiers, who will be able to ascertain whether a target is ambitious or not? The main focus on all of these matters for now is in terms of due diligence and disclosure. But over time, we should expect more in this area to support issuers and investors alike. This is certainly a gap that regulation could fill, but it will need to go beyond the taxonomy. The market is moving and developing very quickly and regulation is going to have to catch up. Thank you, Linda, for sharing these insights. Now, David, if we come back to the new taxonomy reporting requirements that will kick in as from next year and look at the various questions raised by Linda in relation to sustainability linked bonds, how do you see this evolving from your perspective? Linda raises a number of um, very interesting questions. We are still in the early stages and there is still a lot to do. Yet, there is no time to lose given the speed at which regulations are being made. In the EU, the taxonomy will, as mentioned, become the important benchmark for defining whether something can be held out as green or not and will apply to a broad set of entities in the EU. This is why we believe that the EU green bond standard will become the standard for issuances of green bonds in the EU once it enters into force. We are already seeing that issuers are starting to integrate taxonomy alignment in their green and sustainability financing frameworks. Thank you, David. And finally, what else can we expect? Else, in short, we can expect a lot at a very high pace. 
As explained by Linda, sustainability-linked bonds are a very interesting alternative to green bonds. They give freedom on the use of proceeds and allow corporates to identify those KPIs and sustainability targets which are most relevant to their business. As part of their strategy, corporates will have to determine which instruments is best suited to them. Increasingly, KPIs will, if not already, include social KPIs. The social taxonomy is currently on the EU Commission's drawing table. In addition, transition financing is another important topic that will soon come to the fore. This is yet another taxonomy the Commission is working on. It seeks to identify the activities which are deemed harmful to the environment as opposed to defining those which are considered to be green as under the existing taxonomy. As you can imagine, there is still a political debate to be had on this one. So this leaves us with a lot of things to think about and look out for. One topic we haven't touched upon is green and social bonds issued by sovereigns, and more specifically, EU-related institutions. This will be for our next podcast, where we will also look at some of the challenges and issues the EU Green Bond Standard may pose for issuers.